In this episode, we're going to do something a little bit different this time. I'm going to cover and discuss an entire range of topics that I think you will find useful and interesting. We dive into things like selling on Walmart, Amazon virtual bundles, Amazon's NARF program, PPC video ads, and more. I'll also discuss my sales in the current state of e-commerce. We have so much to talk about, so let's get after it. Hey, hey, everybody, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 152 of the Private Labeler Show. How the heck are you guys doing? My name is Nick Landowski, and I'm making it my mission to help 1,000 people such as yourself quit their jobs to build an e-commerce empire using the power of Amazon. So thank you, thank you so much for tuning in. You guys are all amazing. Don't ever forget it. And please make sure you subscribe to the show and leave a review while you're at it. And FYI, the podcast will soon be available on Amazon Music, so I'm pretty darn excited about that. And I hope you guys are having a fantastic summer. It's been a very interesting year, obviously. Uh, very challenging year for many of us. And uh, I, I gotta be honest, guys, this is probably one of the more challenging years I've ever had in my life. So if you're going through some things, like you're not alone. So uh, we'll all get through this then at the end and we'll all be better for it. So let's get after it. Now, normally I would stick to one main topic per show, but this time, this time, I thought I'd do something a little different and I wanted to cover a wide range of topics that I think you guys are all interested in or would be interested in talking about right now. So we're kind of just sitting around talking shop here. Um, again, there's just so much going on in the world of e-commerce. It's just been absolutely crazy. And uh, everything I'm about to talk about, I think you guys, again, are going to find interesting. And I didn't really think each topic on its own is like warranted its own podcast. So um, as mentioned at the top of the show, I want to talk a little bit about selling on Walmart, which I think is really, really interesting right now. Uh, let's talk briefly about Amazon Prime Day. Uh, the Amazon NARF program, which is pretty cool. And one of my favorite things going on right now is PPC video ads. That is super cool. And uh, obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about inventory issues. Everybody's been dealing with that. That's been kind of the talk of the town in the community the past few weeks. So I'm going to kind of share a little bit of what's going on with that and hopefully give you guys a little guidance to kind of weed your way through that mess. And uh, stay tuned to the very end because I'm going to talk about my sales and also give you my opinion and current take on the state of e-commerce. Now, normally I would talk about that at the beginning of the year, uh, kind of what's what to expect, where things are going. But I think that we've gone through such a transformation in the through the world in the world right now due to uh, COVID and and things related that it has changed the world and it has changed the economy and it has changed e-commerce forever. Like things are accelerating at such a rapid pace. And I just wanted to give you my take on that and kind of where I see things going. And uh, I think you guys are going to find that interesting. So stay tuned to the very end for that. Okay. So the first topic that I want to tackle today is selling on walmart.com. Now I know a lot of you guys listening to this probably sell maybe exclusively on Amazon. Maybe you have your own Shopify site, maybe you sell on eBay or wherever else. Um, I know a lot of people listening have probably thought about selling on Walmart 
uh, myself included a few years ago, you know, Walmart reached out to me and they said, Hey, you know, we want you to start selling, selling some of your products on walmart.com. Are you interested? And I kind of had some back and forth with some of the reps. And at the time it just didn't really appeal to me that much because I thought, you know, the mental bandwidth, the energy, the time that I would have to kind of allocate just to kind of get it figured out just really wasn't worth the effort because at the time, you know, uh, Walmart's traffic or whatever paled in comparison to, you know, what Amazon would be at because Amazon was growing so fast and it just kind of made more sense to focus more of the attention there because that's where the money was being made and that's where all the traffic was. But there's been a lot of interesting developments with Walmart as of recent. Now, before Amazon uh, kind of dominated the e-commerce world, Walmart was kind of the, the big name in town when it came to just general retail with like brick and mortar stores, things like that. And I'm talking, you know, many, many years ago at this point. But, you know, Walmart obviously is still a huge company with a lot of money and they are very serious and, and have a lot of very serious moves that they are putting into place to start to gain some market share in the e-commerce world. So month over month, Walmart's market share and sales and all that is just growing immensely. And obviously due to COVID and everything kind of shifting to this online space, they are growing dramatically. So I don't think they are a platform that you can entirely ignore at this point. So one of the things that Walmart is doing that has me really excited is they're coming out with their own version of Amazon Prime. So theirs is gonna be called Walmart Plus and it's the yearly subscription service for delivery benefits and a whole bunch of other goodies. So Walmart Plus is actually gonna debut very shortly here at $98 a year compared to Amazon Prime's, I think it's about 120 for Amazon Prime. So that to me is really exciting. And I think over time as they grow that, again, it's just gonna bring more and more people to the walmart.com website, which is good if you are a seller on that platform. And along with that, Walmart uh, really is making a huge push in the uh, online grocery ordering and delivery service. So that's what I've personally been using for like the last year for all of my grocery delivery. In fact, I think if you do your regular everyday grocery shopping like, like you traditionally do, still going to the store all the time, I, I think you're crazy. So Walmart really is starting to dominate that grocery delivery service. And that's all going to be part of, of uh, Walmart Plus, which is the ordering and having access to that grocery delivery, which I think is the future. And we're all seeing that with uh, the pandemic and where things are headed. So on top of that, Walmart's doing some interesting things with Shopify. And as we all know, due to the pandemic, like Shopify's, uh, their stock price has exploded just because uh, regular everyday mom and pop shops types of stores, maybe they were not able to operate their businesses due to the pandemic. So what do they do? They need to set up online. And uh, Shopify is one of the main platforms in town for people to kind of you know create a great e-commerce site. So Walmart partnered with Shopify. So if you have a Shopify store for your, your business, your brand, um, you may want to consider downloading the Walmart app within that uh, Shopify system there because then you'll be able to port over your products, your listings over to walmart.com. So I think that is a really interesting play. So not only is Walmart attempting to, you know, build through Walmart Plus to you know, try to grow their subscription customer base there, but they're trying to uh, attract sellers, third-party sellers onto their platform, which is awesome. And another thing that Walmart is doing 
is they have a service called Walmart Fulfillment Services available to sellers, to third-party sellers. And it is similar to Amazon FBA. So one of the reasons we love selling on Amazon is because of the FBA program. So Walmart actually has something very similar to that where you just ship inventory into their fulfillment center and they kind of handle everything else, just like FBA. Um, unfortunately, they aren't just letting any sellers sign up for the fulfillment services just yet. It's kind of like on a case-by-case -case basis, just in small amounts as it is growing. Uh, me personally, um, I have not been accepted into the Walmart fulfillment services yet. I'm in kind of talks with them and some of the people on their end to, to hopefully get accepted really soon. But once that happens, um, I think that just opens up a whole host of opportunities and excitement for third-party sellers, sellers such as myself who want to really take Walmart serious. So you guys may want to look into this uh, if you haven't yet already, um, given kind of what I just told you there. I think Walmart is doing some really exciting things. And I think they're one of those companies that has obviously endless money to kind of make things happen. And, uh, you know, their brick and mortar stores seem to be doing just fine. Every time I go into Walmart, it's crazy busy, but they're making huge plays to kind of grab that e-commerce market share as the economy shifts, as people's buying behaviors shift. So I just wanted to throw that out there to you guys. It's something I'm actively looking at. And maybe my recommendation to you is, uh, you know, I understand that you only have so much mental bandwidth, so much that you can focus in on in a day. Maybe pick your best selling product or products, maybe two, on Amazon and go, okay, let's see what type of sales or traffic or success we could have if we brought these over to Walmart. Instead of your entire catalog, maybe just pick one. What's your best selling product? So give that a little bit of attention and uh, maybe see what can happen. You know, if you have a product that sells about 100 units a day on Amazon on average, uh, maybe on walmart.com, you'd sell five or 10 units a day. And you would consider that a success because it may be pretty passive if you got accepted into Walmart fulfillment services. And as far as what I can see in uh, Walmart's seller dashboard, I think they call it um, Walmart selling center or seller center, something like that. Uh, it is kind of nicely designed, but it doesn't have all of the goodies that uh, Amazon seller central has. It's definitely got a long way to go, okay? So I think that if you just got inventory there and you did some basic stuff to drive some traffic to your Walmart listing, you know, you don't have to, I don't think you would have to do too much to kind of get ranked. Uh, I think you could have some success. And again, if you just had a product that was selling five or 10 units a day, something like that, uh, if not, maybe a little bit more as things kind of grow, it might be worth your time, attention, and effort. So I just wanted to throw that out there to you guys as we're seeing shifts in the e-commerce marketplace. Uh, who's doing what, walmart.com may be a play that you guys want to consider. And I just wanted to share that with you guys. And as I kind of dive deeper into that world with Walmart, I will definitely share with you guys either on the podcast or in the Facebook group. And if you are somebody listening to this right now that is having success selling on walmart.com, I would definitely love to talk to you. So either reach out to me personally or in the Facebook group or what have you. And uh, I don't know, maybe you could even jump on the podcast sometime in the future and we could talk about some of the pros and cons of selling on walmart.com. So enough talking about Walmart. Now let's transition over to Amazon. I got a whole host of things that I want to share and kind of just quickly, uh, 
quickly riff about here that I think you guys are going to find really interesting. So first things first, I uh, just wanted to quickly cover about Amazon Prime Day. As I know right now, as I check, there's still no dates announced for Amazon Prime Day. Obviously, we should all know that that has been delayed. I'm hearing maybe October at this point, so we shall see for that. However, uh, it looks like for the India market, India is going to do a Prime Day for August 6th and 7th. So that's at least some good news there. But as Amazon kind of comes out with some more news around this topic, I'm sure we will all know about it and be able to talk about it going forward. But man, I hope they can pull something off before the end of the year. It is just strange, strange times right now. Okay, so let's move on to some fun stuff here now. I want to talk about some cool things that I've kind of been dabbling into the past few weeks and months. I don't want to get too in-depth on them. I just kind of want to riff about it a little bit, talk about it, and kind of see where it goes. And maybe you're unfamiliar with some of these things, so this might be the first time you're hearing about them or, or what have you. Uh, the first thing I want to dive into a little bit is the Amazon Virtual Bundles feature as well as the Amazon Post feature. So pretty darn excited about these. I've been having some success with them. Maybe you have been as well driving additional sales and traffic. Uh, so Amazon Virtual Bundles, I mean, it's really, uh, really pretty darn simple and pretty cool. Really happy that they came out with this. So if you have a couple of products that you think would work well together, let's say, let's say you're selling grilling accessories. I often use this as an example. So you've got a bunch of different listings for grilling accessories for the brand that you have. Uh, what Amazon is allowing you to do, if you have access to Amazon Virtual Bundles, you can take between two and up to five products and combine them. And once you combine them, Amazon's going to populate and create a brand new listing with a, with a new ASIN and all this and that. And if somebody buys from that virtual bundle, Amazon's just gonna take inventory from those individual items, assuming you have stock on them, and then ship that out to the customer. So you don't need to create a physical bundle uh, with, with the products bundled together. You can just do that virtually. And uh, once you create the bundle, you will be able to find it as a customer on a, a listing that you designate. So underneath the picture, typically, you can kind of scroll down and you can see Amazon will say, hey, this product is available in a bundle. And you click on it and it opens up a brand new listing. And uh, it's really simple to create and really exciting. So the only really rules that Amazon has on that is that they want you to price the bundle at a discount or a deal. So to entice buyers to uh, buy the bundle. So if you have products that work well together or you think would work well together, I would recommend that you create some of these virtual bundles and see kind of any traction or like any sales that you can kind of get off of that. And based on my experiences, it's kind of trial and error, uh, just seeing what products would work well together. So some of them, it's, some of it's common sense. Like I said, if you sell a grill brush, maybe a grill light, it's stuff that that type of customer would buy anyways. Uh, a couple of drawbacks that I've seen so far from virtual bundles, though, is you can't at this time run pay-per-click on them and you cannot uh, put coupons on those products. Maybe that will change in the future. And uh, it's a little bit tough to kind of track the sales on these virtual bundles. Based on what I am seeing, Amazon will send out an email roughly once a week and they'll show you your bundle sales. But beyond that, I don't think there's any way to kind of look at uh, any reporting like normal to kind of gauge how your success is. So you just have to wait for those emails. So I'd highly recommend that you guys look into it. Uh, it's just a great opportunity there, again, to drive some extra sales. And like I said, you can combine up to five products in a bundle which depending upon what you're selling, uh, you know, may be really exciting, a great opportunity for you to drive extra sales. 
uh, to your listing. So check that out. Now, another thing, kind of like a little side thing here that I've been playing around with, and it came around right around the same time, I believe, was Amazon Posts. So essentially with Amazon Posts, um, they want you for your brand to kind of take some of your social media content, maybe uh, from your, your Instagram or Facebook or what have you, and they want you to kind of start creating like a social feed for your brand on Amazon. And uh, it's really easy to do. And you can find it, if, if you can actually search to find it, or if you go underneath your advertising, like your pay-per-click menu and off to the left, if you click, uh, you'll see um, an option called Amazon Posts. And this is so simple to do. And I've driven hundreds and hundreds of extra clicks to my listings with Amazon Posts. And all you have to do is, let's say, take an image, maybe it's a lifestyle image that you have for your brand, for some of your products, and you simply just upload it. And you type in a quick little headline, and then you can add a product that you want that post associated with. And once you publish it, it'll go to your feed, like your little social media feed for your brand on Amazon. And then what you can do then over time is you can see the results. Amazon will show you uh, the amount of engagement that that post actually received. Okay, So Amazon, again, is encouraging you to take for your brand, like your social media content, and kind of port it over to your uh, Amazon post feed there. And I have seen, like I said, a lot of extra clicks and I can't really tell beyond there. They don't give reporting on like how much has led to a sale. Maybe I missed that, but it's super simple to do. I, again, I'd recommend you guys look into Amazon posts. Um, I've just been taking all of the, the, uh, the lifestyle pictures that I already have, tons of them, and uh, just kind of uploading a few each day. And it's driven, according to the results, lots and lots of extra clicks and engagement to my products, which I'm just looking at it from sheer numbers. I'm sure, yeah, that has led to sales and awareness and things like that. So uh, as far as I know, it's completely free to do at this point. I would highly recommend that you guys do that. Again, as you guys have seen over the years, uh, Amazon's all about brand and they want uh, small brands, big brands, whatever on their platform. And they're just giving us so many amazing tools like virtual bundles and Amazon posts to drive extra sales and traffic. And, uh, you know, as long as you have access to them, assuming you have access to brand registry, like, you know, why wouldn't you use these things? So, uh, really excited about that. If you guys have experience with virtual bundles or Amazon posts, some things that are working for you by all means, uh, fire away in the Facebook group, maybe share some of your experiences with that. If you guys are not yet a member of the Facebook group, get joined up right now, go to privatelabelershow.com forward slash FB and get joined up in the group. So I just kind of wanted to mention that I'm having a lot of fun with, uh, with both of those things right there. And hopefully you guys are as well. Okay. So let's move on to something else that I think is really fun and kind of exciting and a way to drive extra sales. And that is the Amazon NARF program, not NARF, but NARF. And I did post something in the Facebook group about a week or two about this. A few of you guys were familiar, a lot of you weren't, and that's okay. Uh, a few weeks ago, Amazon sent out an email about this, and uh, I actually wanted to talk with one of the reps, so I scheduled a time to talk to him about the NARF program, and I got some good information. I wanted to share that with you guys. So if you currently sell on Amazon.com in the US, and you have your inventory there, and you're using FBA, uh, one of the things that you may have thought about was selling in Mexico or Canada, but for one reason or another, you just didn't kind of go forward with it. Maybe you thought it's just not worth the effort. 
you don't want to deal with uh, dividing up inventory to send inventory to Mexico and Mexico and Canada when maybe sales won't be all that great or whatever. But regardless, you probably had some roadblocks or some reasons why you didn't want to explore those other countries. So with the NARF program, Amazon really makes it simple for you to have access to the Canadian and Mexican marketplaces. Again, assuming you're using Amazon FBA fulfillment in the US. So once you enroll in the, uh, the NARF program, your listings, if they aren't already, your listings will port over to the Canadian marketplace and the Mexican marketplace. And for the Mexican marketplace, Amazon will actually do a basic translation, which is cool. So uh, your listings will be over there as well as your reviews on your ASINs. And um, your products will basically be available to the Canadian customers as well as the Mexican customers, which is awesome. Now, if they buy that product from you from, let's say, Canada, your inventory, then Amazon, what they'll do is they'll take your inventory from FBA in the U.S. and they'll ship it to the customer in Canada. And obviously, uh, same thing for Mexico, which is awesome. So they'll take care of taxes. They'll take care of getting that product shipped, you know, uh, pushed through customs, things like that which is really exciting. And as far as I know, as far as what I read, even though, um, like to say they're shopping on the Canadian marketplace or the Mexican marketplace, uh, your products will still show up with a prime badge, which is awesome. So I thought that was really exciting. Um, there are some different fee structures for this. You won't be charged an FBA fee. You'll actually be charged a NARF fee, which is gonna be a little bit higher to kind of offset the shipping costs and things related. But uh, the customer, let's say you're selling to a Canadian customer, they're on the Canadian Amazon marketplace. Yeah, they're obviously going to understand that the product isn't going to get there immediately uh, since it is being pulled from the U.S. Uh, FBA facilities. So, you know, they're, they're going to fully understand that and any cost that they may need to uh, take on with uh, customs, duties, fees, things like that, that's actually going to be part of the Amazon transaction as far as the rep on the phone told me. So... Um, it's a great way if you have access to this, or if you've been invited to this just to get some additional sales, I think just by enrolling into it and having your listings ported and transferred over, uh, even with doing nothing just through general search. Yeah. You're probably going to uh, acquire some extra sales, probably not a lot, but a little bit, you know, a small fraction. And again, as long as you have that in inventory available on Amazon FBA in the U S it, you know, the rest just kind of gets handled. So my recommendations is probably if, if you're going to do this, focus a little bit more on the Canadian marketplace. There's a little bit lower, more traffic there. It's a little bit more established based on my experiences. And it's just a great way to maybe take, uh, give some attention to a few of your top products. And you can do things like, you know, driving Amazon pay-per-click to those listings, putting coupons on them. And yeah, you will need to eventually, you know, rank those products over time. And once they kind of get ported over, yeah, you're, you're buried in search and things like that. But between the Canadian and Mexican marketplaces, it's pretty easy to start to get ranked rather quickly for a lot of products at this stage. So I'd highly recommend that you guys look into the NARF program. Um, my Canadian sales and, and, and uh, Mexican marketplace sales obviously are tiny, tiny fraction of, uh, you know, the U.S. sales, but uh, it, it can be pretty darn passive. And just simply by enrolling into it, you can, you know, generate some, some extra sales and things like that for minimal work. And, you know, maybe as, uh, you see certain products that are having success and really taking off, let's say in Canada or whatever, maybe at that time, then you'd say to yourself, you know what, I'm actually going to physically send inventory to the Canadian, um, FBA 
facilities on at this point. Maybe it makes sense at this point because I'm having success with it. And, um, you know, you can take that on a case by case basis, but, uh, yeah, look into the NARF program and, and see if it is the right decision for you. Assuming you can have access to that. I'm not even sure how many people they're accepting into it or whatever, but I just wanted to cover that with you guys. Uh, for all you guys selling in the amazon.com us marketplace, you can have exposure to Canada and Mexico, which is a good thing. So if you got any experiences with that, uh, share that in the Facebook group as well. I'd be curious to hear about any successes or experiences. So moving on to the next topic at hand, and this is probably what I'm most excited about right now. And I know there's a lot of buzz about this in the community, but guys, if you are not jumping all over Amazon sponsored brands, video ads, you need to rethink what you're doing. So Amazon sponsored brands, video ads. It's in a beta, but I believe everybody should have access to it at this point. My God, the results that not only myself, but a lot of you guys in the community are seeing from this is just off the charts. It's by far and away my best performing uh, format or option for pay-per-click on Amazon at just blowing everything out of the water. Uh, video ads, you guys have probably seen them for a while now all over the Amazon platform as you're searching for products and things like that. It's like you can't help but notice them and click on them and engage with them. And uh, my results for virtually every product that I'm running them on has just been off the charts, very low cost per click and very good engagement leading to uh, lots of additional sales. I mean, just off the charts, which is leading to very low A cost. So I am trying to maximize and max out my budgets for the video ads right now. And it is just paying off for a lot of products. Uh, sales have just been through the roof. So I, again, would highly recommend that you guys jump on that train if you haven't yet already. And you know, if you have an existing video or videos that you've created for your listing or for marketing, you actually might be able to use those possibly uh, for these video ads. And if not, if you don't have any video whatsoever, don't let that stop you from at least getting started, okay? So what you can easily do, let's say you wanna start running some video ads, but you have no video. What you can do is just go to Canva, canva.com, and you can easily create a video slideshow using like your existing uh, images for your product, some lifestyle stuff or what have you. And you can simply create a video slideshow on Canva and you can even add some music if you want. There's some stock music there that you can take and uh, simply upload that video slideshow for uh, the sponsor brand's video and at least just to kind of get started, okay? And uh, as far as I remember, the sponsored brands is targeting or targeted through keywords at this point, maybe they'll expand that, but I would definitely start to run some of these and get them going. And you can do that with your existing images just creating a slideshow just to get something going, like I said. And if you have success with um, certain ads and you want to kind of take things to the next level, then yeah, maybe you could have some professionally uh, created and edited videos that really, really jump out and, and drive engagement and attention to your video ad. So I'm seeing a lot of really good ones out there and getting some great ideas from some of the bigger brands out there. Again, it's all about stopping that customer as they're, as they're scrolling and getting them focused in on your video ad and getting them to click. And when, once that's happening, uh, just like you guys, I'm, I'm seeing just amazing results. So I'd highly recommend that you dive into that. And uh, again, at least get something going. It, it, the, your video slideshow or whatever, if you're just starting out with that, doesn't even have to be that good. Uh, some of mine aren't, weren't, weren't even that good. And uh, they're still getting a lot of attention, a lot of clicks and just sales through the roof 
Uh, can't say enough about it. So easily one of the most exciting things going on, I think, right now on the platform. And for how long is this going to last, these results? I don't know. Um, you know, as things kind of mature and more and more people jump into it, you know, the cost per clicks are going to go up and things like that. And, uh, you know, the attention may not be there as time goes on, but right now the getting is good. So, um, you know, if you guys have, have, I know a lot of you guys are having amazing results just in the conversations I'm having, uh, and I'm, I'm pretty certain that uh, you guys can share in some of that success with us with sponsored brands video ads. So jump all over it, everybody. So let's move on now to another hotly talked about topic. Uh, it's easily one of the most talked about topics in the seller community the past few weeks, I'd say really almost all year given COVID and, and everything that we're kind of going through. But let's talk about inventory and specifically the Amazon restrictions and limits to inventory. And, I, you know, you guys are probably very familiar with this topic. It's been frustrating and we all knew it was coming. Amazon uh, needed to do something to kind of restrict and limit inventory being sent into FBA. Uh, obviously, we have the holiday time right around the corner with just the madness of Q4 coming up like that. That's coming. So obviously Amazon needed to, to plan and prepare for all this. Uh, but in case you guys have missed it, I'm not going to dive into all the details. If you have an inventory performance index score, an IPI score under 500, you are subject to certain limits and restrictions and in regards to your inventory. So according to Amazon, that will be through the rest of the year. And that doesn't affect many sellers, but what does affect a lot of sellers is the next thing. Um, Amazon is limiting and restricting for now the amount of inventory we can send in on a ASIN by ASIN basis. So as an example, if you have a new product that you were wanting to launch and it doesn't have any sales history or anything like that, Amazon seems to only be allowing you to send in 200 units into Amazon FBA. So do the math on that. When you want to launch new products, that is going to be very challenging. So we'll talk about a few things you can do here in just a moment. But yes, that is very frustrating. And I feel your guys' pain, especially again, if you want to launch new products. Or maybe you have products that you had been out of stock on for a while for one reason or another. And that seems to be the case for pretty much all of us at one point. Um, if you have a product that doesn't have a whole lot of sales history or recent sales history, uh, Amazon is, you know, not letting you bomb their warehouses with a ton of inventory on that product because it just doesn't see a lot of sales history on it, current sales history. So uh, that's been challenging or it's going to be challenging because if you have a big order, it's like you won't be able to descend all of it into FBA like you normally would have, even though you know you can move the inventory rather quickly right now with all the traffic on Amazon. So again, we're all kind of uh, presented with these challenges at the moment. So let's talk about some things that you may have already done or you're gonna to wanna to consider doing for the rest of the year to make sure that your inventory is flowing and your products are in stock and you're maximizing uh, sales and opportunities. So first and foremost, warehousing space. Warehousing space is going to be extremely important for most sellers if you're strictly using, like say, Amazon FBA. Now, at bare minimum, if you're placing some really big orders through your suppliers and maybe you're dealing with China or whatever, uh, you could at bare minimum ask your suppliers if you can store some of your inventory in their warehouse there, in, in their facility. And a lot of them will probably let you, you just need to ask them in advance. And at bare minimum, you could do something like that and probably do it for free. But obviously, in my opinion, uh, if you're selling in the US and you're sending into Amazon FBA in the US, I really wouldn't want my inventory so far away. I would probably want it closer by, I would want it in the US. So what I would recommend is that you secure warehousing space 
close to where you're going to be sending it into, at least in the same country. Okay. So, uh, you should have, if you haven't already been contacting warehouses to see who's going to offer you some good pricing on storage, it's, it's all going to vary on how they're going to charge you for, you know, the inventory that you're going to send to them. And a lot of these warehouses also have a lot of prep options and other fulfillment options. So you have to see for these warehouses that you're going to contact these third parties, what options they have available for you. For uh, the warehouse that I'm using, they are allowing me to store inventory there free for the first month. And yeah, then there's going to be different charges that they have in order to, for them to handle the, the, the inventory for to send it into Amazon, so on and so forth. So compare the costs. They do vary quite a bit. Um, so check that out uh, for your guys' needs. Again, warehouse space. Maybe you got a huge garage at your house or something like that, or you know somebody or whatever. It's all up to you, but the, the whole key is just to have all that extra or excess inventory available so that you can drip it into Amazon FBA as they allow it. As you move through inventory, as they allow you to create new shipments, you're going to want to have that inventory uh, readily available close by so that you can get it blasted into the FBA warehouses. So that way you are always in stock. Now, as I mentioned, uh, you know if you have new products that you want to launch, like a lot of you guys do, Amazon was only allowing you, if you're using FBA, to send in 200 units. So that would be kind of a challenge if you have a fast-moving product or you're going to be doing some sort of a launch. Uh, you could easily blow through those 200 units just like that. And by the time you drip that inventory into Amazon from maybe a nearby warehouse, it might take Amazon a while to actually get to checking that inventory. We all have those horror stories over the past few weeks and months. So one option that you may want to consider is consider creating a fulfilled by merchant option on that listing, a fulfilled by merchant offer in addition to the Amazon FBA offer on the listing. So that way you can maybe switch back and forth and always maintain those stock levels accordingly. So that's just an option there for you. I know a lot of sellers so far this year, at least the past however many months, uh, were creating fulfilled by merchant offers on their listings and kind of uh, figuring out the fulfillment there by you know hiring or uh, a third party to kind of manage the fulfillment for them. So that's something that you're going to want to consider that you can do um, if you think it's going to be necessary. Okay, so those are some options there: warehousing and fulfilled by merchant offers to maintain that stock level. And I found you know some of my products that I never really ran out of stock on, or some of the products that um, you know I sell quite a few of. Amazon's allowing me to send in very large amounts of that, those specific ASINs, which is great. But there's certain products that I have where I'm like, man, I, I, I know I could sell them quickly just by the, the rate of sales right now, but they're just restricting me to kind of these small amounts. And I'm just having to drip it in from outside warehousing. And it is what it is. And that's just part of the game right now. And, uh, you know, just those are just some options for you guys to consider. And specifically, you know, how long are things taking to get checked in at FBA currently? Well, for me, as you guys know, maybe some weeks ago, months ago at this point, it was taking forever. It would be like um, you'd send something in and it might be weeks before they even start checking it in. And it might take them weeks to, to check product in. And I think it's gotten a lot better at this point. Um, I did have up until recent um, an ASIN that took them over a month to get fully checked in once they started the process. And that's been a little frustrating. But I'd say over the past few weeks, a lot of my shipments have been checked in in relatively short order. Um, it all kind of depends, obviously, where you're sending your merchandise to. I've been sending a lot of it to IND9 in Indiana. And uh, 
you know, we're all experiencing kind of those issues, but Amazon's doing the best they can. I know over the past few months they've hired, I think it was 175,000 additional people to help with this type of stuff because the unprecedented situation with COVID and uh, just kind of the mad scramble. And I know from a customer's point of view, if they order something on Amazon now, just like I do or you guys do, you get it really darn quick. But when at kind of the height of the COVID stuff, it was taking extra time to get to the customer. So obviously that's Amazon's initial priority is the customer experience first to get those orders shipped into their homes and into their hands as fast as possible. And I don't know recently, you know, things seem to be pretty much on track. Like if I order something even later at night, I'll just through regular prime shipping, I'll get it sometimes early as the next morning. And uh, so things seem to be pretty much in line from that perspective. But again, just getting stuff into FBA, depending upon where you're sending it to and just all of the hiccups and the roadblocks, let's say if you're sourcing from China to get it to the Amazon FBA fulfillment centers in the US, there's so many things that could be delayed. And unfortunately, like that was about a month ago, I had another one of my shipments get stuck in customs for weeks on end on top of all the delays. So it's just led to out of stocks and it's led to a lot of issues for certain ASINs. And guys, we're all going through it. I mean, uh, just over the past few months, just walking up and down, going to a Walmart, going to a Target, going to retail stores and just seeing entire sections of just empty product everywhere. And this isn't even like the hand sanitizers and you know, like the hot items. It's just, you know, all the retailers were experiencing bottlenecks in their inventory and their logistics. So um, this is just Amazon's way of kind of creating a smooth customer flow for, so that way they can satisfy the customer. And again, they don't want to be your warehouse come fourth quarter. They don't want to be bombed with all this inventory. So how long is, uh, you know, all these restrictions going to last I, probably at least through the end of the year and who knows going forward. So I would say, just get prepared for it. Look at that warehousing space, look at the fill filled by merchant options and, um, just try to do the best you can for those, for that inventory to, to get it flowing so that you're not out of stock. I know it's sometimes easier said than done, but put a lot of attention and focus in on it to make it seamless. So what I wanted to do now, as we kind of hit the last leg of this podcast, is I just wanted to quickly share where my sales are currently at for my business, and then spend a little bit of time on giving you my opinion on where I see things going in the e-commerce world. Given this worldwide pandemic that we are kind of in, a lot has changed so far this year, and I just want to talk about that for a little bit before we end the podcast here. So uh, first and foremost, my sales for the last however many months have been very, very strong. And I know I'm talking to a lot of you guys, you guys are also reporting very strong sales with all the traffic that's on Amazon. And uh, things have been really exciting, very, very exciting. So on a day-to-day -day basis, on average, uh, my sales have been up between two and a half to three and a half X, what they normally would be. Now, given the fact that it is August right now, it normally, from my recollection, at least for my products and my business, things would be a little slow right now as we're kind of in the dog days of summer, but uh, definitely not the case. Definitely not the case given everything that has gone on. So like I said, two and a half X to three and a half X every single day. Um, recording this on a Monday and just yesterday, Sunday was one of my best days ever that I've, that I've ever had. And today, as I'm kind of looking at things, it's, it's right on pace to, to be just as good, if not better than yesterday. So it's been very exciting. And again, I hope you guys are experiencing uh, some great results as well. And I'm definitely very grateful for e-commerce, for Amazon, Shopify, all this and that uh, to make all this possible. And, you know, one of the issues that I've kind of mentioned has been inventory. So things would be even better for me if I had uh, 
a little bit better in stocks over the last few months, but there's just been so many challenges with that, as I mentioned. But uh, the, the thing that has pre pre been presenting a big challenge to me, maybe it has for you guys as well, is the need for more and more inventory for bigger and bigger orders. And some of the capital that has been required just to kind of keep pace with things is starting to get downright freaky for me. So uh, some of these orders that have been placed and the amount of money I've been sloshing around on orders with suppliers it's kind of making me a little lightheaded. So I guess those are good problems to have. But uh, yeah, as things grow, it gets a little scary sometimes in, in that department there. Um, and how long will this all last? I guess we don't know. I, I, I see kind of this accelerated sales at least through the rest of the year. And maybe it just keeps growing beyond, you know, into next year and gets bigger and bigger and bigger uh, compared to where uh, things were currently at. So I suppose a lot just depends upon what you're selling, where you live, and all this and that. And finally, everybody, just wanted to share my opinion on the current state of e-commerce. Uh, so much has obviously happened so far this year. So much has changed with the economy as we kind of transition towards a digital economy, as automation grows, as unemployment goes through the roof, as buying behaviors change, people more or less jumping online because they have to, you know, to buy their products or their groceries or whatever because of the pandemic. So the state of e-commerce has never been better, in my opinion, and uh, in, in for a lot of reasons. So we all know that this pandemic is really just accelerating the inevitable. And what is and what was the inevitable was the fact that brick-and-mortar retail has been dying a slow death for a long time now. However, if you looked at, like, what was it, the past couple of months, there's been a lot of major retailers, a lot of brick-and-mortar retailers that have either declared bankruptcy, closed a bunch of stores, uh, laid off tens of thousands of employees. I mean, I don't like seeing that by any means. It, it does make me sad seeing that. And I think it makes everybody sad. But again, this pandemic is just accelerating what was the inevitable anyways. A lot of these major retailers, if they're not folding up, they are shifting more of their focus and attention to their online efforts. Because again, that's where the buying behaviors are going. Uh, this pandemic obviously shook a lot of people up. Either they couldn't go to the store because maybe their favorite stores were closed uh, or they just don't feel comfortable going to the store to go outside for one reason or another. And, you know, people still need to buy their groceries. They still need to buy their food, their supplies, their whatever. And obviously they've been shifting and almost forced to go online and using sites like Walmart, Amazon, Wayfair, you know, and, and it seems like my neighbor, they, they have like multiple Uber Eats deliveries every single day over there. So again, things shifting towards that type of behavior, and that greatly benefits anybody in the e-commerce space as more and more people become comfortable buying things online, spending their money in a different manner instead of going to like, you know, a brick and mortar retailer. So, you know, if I were a mom and pop shop on Main Street or what have you, I would kind of be thinking to myself, you know, why am I, why do I have this store here? Like, why can't I just set up a Shopify store and do and create an e-commerce business. Maybe they do both or maybe they decide that they're actually making more money online, having access to people all over the world to sell their and ship their products to, that it doesn't make sense for them to keep their store open anymore, to pay for the rent and things like that. And obviously, if you guys have been paying attention to not just the pandemic around the world, but the civil unrest in a lot of major cities in the United States over the past few months, 
with the riots and just all the craziness with that. Like what, who, who in their right mind would want to have a, a small mom and pop shop anymore in, you know, in an urban environment or anything like that. It just doesn't seem appealing to me. And I would strongly consider then taking my business online. I think that's why you've seen this, you know, such a huge boom in, uh, in Shopify. Just again, the behaviors changing of how business is done. And then not to mention, you know, you kind of look at just other things with the economy, just, you know, a lot of, a lot of industries have been dying. So around where I live, the service industry in Florida here, obviously it's all dependent upon tourism and things like that. Well, that's just been greatly affected by the pandemic as cities and states and counties have put a lot of, you know, regulations and rules and restrictions in and how they can operate their business. So I, I definitely feel for people that have had their jobs impacted by the pandemic uh, it, it, I don't like seeing it. Again, nobody does. But the way I see it is, why would you want to have one of those jobs that's, that could just be you know, uh, taken away just like that? So if you're listening to this and you've been on the fence about you know, e-commerce, about jumping in, uh, what are you waiting for? Like There is no better time than now. And if you kind of say, oh, I missed the boat, you definitely didn't miss the boat. Like The pie just keeps getting bigger and bigger. You know, If you're working some nine to five that you absolutely hate, you don't enjoy going to it. You don't know if you know that the job that you have or the company you have is going to make it much longer. Maybe it's in the retail industry or whatever. Uh, why wait? Why don't you go on the offense and get your business started and get it going? Uh, you won't regret it if you put the work into it. Like there's so much opportunity in the e-commerce world with Amazon as big as it's getting, as much as it's expanding. And again, just look at the buying behaviors of people everywhere. And platforms like Amazon allow you to access and sell your goods globally all over the place to millions and millions of people everywhere. Okay, as long as they have internet access or whatever, man, that you can sell your products to these people. So the state of e-commerce has never been better. And this pandemic has just accelerated that and made that even more known. So Again, if you're you know, somebody that's been listening to podcast after podcast of mine or whatever, which I hear very often, and you haven't made a move yet, like, what are you waiting for? Like, get in the game now. Like, there's never a better time. So that's kind of just my general take on the current state of e-commerce and just the economy in general. I mean, look at uh, other things that this pandemic has impacted. You know, so many people may have showed up to an office uh, every day for years and years and years, and all of a sudden due to this pandemic, they can't go into the office, so they have to work from home. And, uh, you know, they're working through Zoom and things like that. Maybe kids can't go to school and uh, who knows about kids going back to school in the fall. Like this has shifted a lot of behaviors amongst people. So uh, there's never better, uh, better time than now to start that e-commerce business. And, you know, if you work in an industry that is affected by the pandemic, which is a lot of them, again, you don't want to just be waiting around like, oh, is my company going to fold? Is my job going to go away as automation kind of ramps up? Uh, you know, it's just... It's just uncertain times right now with certain, uh, you know, countries having really high unemployment rates and kind of scary times. But the things that are thriving, businesses like mine, businesses like yours in this e-commerce world and platforms like Amazon allowing it to happen. Uh, I'm very, very grateful for all the opportunities that Amazon and e-commerce has presented to me. I fairly recently, I don't know if I mentioned on the podcast, I just, just bought a nice new house with you know, money that I made from my e-commerce business. So very excited about that and kind of where things are going. And um, I'm just really glad that you guys are along for this journey with me. 
And uh, let's just take it to the next level. So that's just kind of my current state of the e-commerce world right now. There's never been more opportunities. There's never been more tools available to us to help us sell products to the masses all over the globe. And uh, it's never, just never been better opportunities. So that is really all I wanted to share with you guys. Again, there's a lot of people that listen to the podcast that are always on the fence. You know, they might dabble. And at minimum, guys, just get started. Just get a course, whatever it is that you got to do, get started. Uh, you will not regret it as long as you put forth an honest effort. You can make this happen. So many of us do. And the, the trick, the secret sauce, don't quit. <laughs> okay, don't quit. And uh, you can be successful in this e-commerce world. So I want to leave you guys with that. I know we were kind of uh, dabbling into a lot of different subjects today. It's kind of a mixed bag, just things I wanted to share. And again, things that I didn't think warranted their own podcast. I hope you took a few key points away, some things that you can use to help grow and improve your business. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on today's episode? Anything that you say that you have questions, that I said that you have questions about, anything that struck a nerve, join up in our Facebook group and get that conversation started in there. Go to privatelabelershow.com forward slash FB. And again, as I mentioned before, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and then leave a review while you are at it. I'd prefer an iTunes review, if anything, that would be amazing. And I've been paying attention to a lot of the reviews that have been coming in. I think we're up to almost 250 reviews right now. So thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it, guys. If you guys could help me get to 300, that would be amazing. So I'm going to leave you guys with that. Go out there and take some action, kick some butt, drive some sales, and uh, just go get after it, guys. No excuses. Let's do this together. And I'll talk to you in the next episode. Peace. This episode of The Private Labeler Show has ended. Please show your support for the podcast by subscribing for more business strategies and tactics to help you build your empire. Also, make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.